On today's show, we welcome Jessica Reyes from Long Beach, California, a runner and coach. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. I am super pumped about having you on and, you know, I watch your feed and I, and I just think like, goodness gracious, you, you're super fit. Um, and I imagine that all the people that are, that are lucky enough to be working with you as a coach, um, you know, they must just be over the moon and, and progressing well. But for, for people that have not yet come across you, um, could you tell us a bit about your endurance life? Yes. Um, so I've really been an athlete all my life, um, not specifically in endurance sports, but I started playing soccer when I was four years old. Um, and then I dabbled in, you know, softball and basketball, other team sports at various stages, but soccer stuck with me for quite a long time. And I played that through college. And once that was over, it's, so strange to not have that structure of weekly practice or something for you to do to stay active. Um, so a girlfriend of mine had signed up for a half marathon and I thought that sounds fun. 13 miles. I think I can do that. Um, and that was over 10 years ago and I've been running ever since. Um, and it's really just been super enjoyable. Um, ran watch list for the first six years and used Map My Run to figure out my distances and had no real idea about speed work or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and now I'm a 10 times marathoner and I'm not sure how many half marathons I've run, but I, I love running. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. And so, so it's interesting that, again, I just love these stories of, um, you know, randomly just picking up, picking up a, um, you know, an event with some uh, friends. It's, it looks interesting. Um, I, I love that. And now all of a sudden it's, it's intertwined, um, with your life. I, I, I just, yeah, something about yeah. that just seems so exciting to me. So, so running, you took to it naturally. I, I also missed, um, leaving school and not having that structure. Um, I was really into a lot of things back in school days and, you know, now I'm, I'm starting to get into a lot more and it's been being part of a club and that's actually helped me get to that. Um, so, so I suppose you've, you've gone through these different um, running events and now you've found that marathoner, marathoning is the one for you. That's the length that you love. I, it, it really is. I, um, I actually tried to focus on the half marathon distance in the fall and it was just really hard for me to not, you know, do 16 to 20 mile long runs or have all that endurance. So I really, I really enjoy the challenge, I think. And 5Ks are just so hard. So, mm. <laughs> so the marathon is, a, is my thing, I think. So yeah, nice. And would you ever consider going like longer? Just out of curiosity? Um, I haven't had the desire yet, but I definitely think uh, down the road, probably when my body gets a little bit more tired of the road, I'll take up trail racing and probably do 50K or something like that. So I, I would not say no, um, but not at the current moment. I'd like to still yeah. kind of see what I can do in the marathon. That's fair. And look, you know, you're, you're lightning fast. I mean, uh, I know it's all relative. Like, um, I just always love to use that guy. Um, is it Iliad? Iliad Kapochi? I, yes. I wish I could learn how to say his name. Yeah. I mean, that is 
that is like craziness. But like oh. still, um, down around that three hour mark is like you you would be like one of those um, cartoon characters. I don't know if you ever had the Road Runner in um, <laughs> in you know you'd be that yeah. Road Runner. It'd be a little line of flame just past me. Um, so has that been interesting to see your times come down? You mean you mentioned about time, speed work, and obviously you're coaching um, you know people now. But what's that been like when you first started? Were the times not near that or were you naturally quick to begin with um so when I ran my first half marathon I did it in 145 and I at the time had no idea uh what pace I was running during that race or anything and and I didn't really think that that was I I didn't know basically what was a good time or what but um and not that any time is good or not good but Mm. I uh when I ran my first marathon I did it in 3.48, and I think that was at the time 18 minutes off of a Boston qualifier, and at the time I didn't really even know about Boston, so I thought I would be a one and done, and and I really just enjoyed running less for the time uh, aspect at that point and just for the challenge for my body to complete the distance. So after that, I, I decided to maybe see what I could do and see if I could go to Boston and, um, get faster. And, and that's where that kind of took hold of me. Um, and speed work does really make all the difference because that's really speed work and, and volume for me has been the difference in, in changing my times for sure. Mm, okay. And so, so you, so you're a coach, um, and I'd be keen to learn a bit more about that and what that's like. Talking about the speed work thing, um, it, it sounds like, uh, you know, this, this sounds like what I try to do when I'm in the office, um, you know, like trying to um, be really quick with all my admin. Um, but from your world, what is speed work? Yes. So speed work could be anything from, um, you know, 20 second strides to a fartlek workout where you're, you know, running at a moderately hard effort for a minute and then you uh, run easy for 30 seconds and you do that for a couple miles. Um, it could be a tempo run. Um, so it definitely depends on what level you're at, what types of speed work you're doing and, and what your goal is, what type of, of speed workouts you're doing. Um, mm. so it definitely changes with what you're, what you're trying to do with your training. I love it. I love it. So um, there's not always just a one size fits all because we all could be training for super diff- different distances, different speeds. So then what's it been like since transitioning to coaching? Because obviously you, you fell in love with running. You've been running this whole time. What were you doing prior to that? So I was working in the insurance industry as an insurance broker and mm. um the corporate world was not really for me. And, um, I didn't really realize it at the time. I, I actually, um, enjoyed my job, but I didn't enjoy sitting at a desk. And as I started training for marathons more and it took more of my time, it was harder to get on the two hour commute to work and, and home. So, but I actually took on coaching, um, primarily cause I wanted to learn more about the sport myself. Um, and, at the time I had actually had a a pretty challenging experience with a coach. Um, and I didn't want anyone else to experience that. So I, I wanted to coach people. Um, and my coaching style has really been fueled by that experience and, um, Mm. trying to be as adaptive as possible to the individual athlete and their needs versus being completely rigid and training has to be a certain way. Um, 
And so it's really awesome to take athletes from all backgrounds and all abilities and help them reach their goals um, and to see that there isn't just one path to success and that we all have different methods of reaching similar goals. Um, so I started the business, um, as a side thing while I was working my full-time job and it, um, I started coaching a friend and then that turned into people from Instagram asking me to coach them. And, um, and then it really took off and it got to the point where I could no longer take on athletes. And, um, I, still wanted to grow and have people be a part of our team. So I ended up bringing on another coach. Um, and now I actually have two other coaches who are on and they're, they're women that I, one of them has, was my athlete. Um, and then the other is somebody that I have been running with for quite some time. So they're women that I trust and that I think do a great job as coaches as well. Um, so I've been very particular about who I've um, tried to bring on to, to help continue to grow our team. Um, so that's also been cool to kind of do the business side of things as well. And mm. it doesn't, it's nice when business doesn't really feel like work, um, anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And it's like, again, um, because of this experience and I, I don't necessarily want to have to dig into it, especially if it's going to, um, you know, I, I think we've got the gist perhaps if you, if you're more comfortable not talking about what had happened, but now moving forward, you, I can certainly see that you are, um, wanting to protect that brand and wanting to make sure that, you know, if there are other coaches in your, um, you know, in your squad, that, that they are driving that same message that that is true to your heart, that, you know, coaching should be tailored and, and whatever else. So um, that certainly is an interesting one. And, and it would have been very interesting all of a sudden to have just got to that point where you're like, oh, my God, I'm full. Like this thing is just booming. Um you know, because a lot of people get into business and it doesn't go that way. They might have a passion for something. They might want to go and, you know, try and do something. Maybe money doesn't come or, you know, it can be hard to, to sort of grow the thing. So I suppose in a way that that would show that you obviously are talented, um, but also quite a good people person as well. Yeah. And it, it I mean, it definitely took a long time. The last um, three years now, have, it was not easy at all. Lots of, you know, late nights and uh, less sleep than I would have liked. Um, but it again was like very, very rewarding to do something that I love to do. Um, and to be able to impact other people's lives in that way, um, with something that you love too. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been challenging, but also equally rewarding. And do you find that, um, cause, cause I'm a coach, not for running or sport or anything like that, just, just in, you know, corporate life. And it's always been something that's very intriguing to me that like once I know how to do something, I'm, I'm quite good at conveying that to others and helping them get to where they need to go. And, and there's just something magical about watching others grow and, and helping them um, to get to where they need to be and also how it makes me grow. So have you found, found since you've become a coach that your running game has changed? Um, and it would be also interesting to see two questions, um, how you've actually, um, what it's been like watching others develop and grow and get better. Yes. Um, it's been, it's really inspiring for me. So when I'm having a tough workout or something like that, I think about my athletes who have just achieved their like really hard workouts, or maybe they've hit their highest mileage week. And I think about stuff like that when I'm out there having a hard time struggling through a workout, not hitting my pace. And I'm like, well, they're out there working hard. I need to work hard too. Um, so, so, so I use it very much as motivation. Um, 
and then also like to kind of vicariously live through them when they achieve their goals. It's so exciting. And, um, to, to be somebody that they share that with, um, and which also I would say, you know, if they don't hit their goal, it's also equally kind of, it's, it, it, it hurts, um, Mm. as well. So you get both the emotional side of things, um, where you're excited and happy. And then also sometimes when things don't go well, it's, it's hard for you too. Um, so it's a, it's a little emotional roller coaster, um, sometimes for sure, but definitely, um, an investment in, in both of those aspects. So, you know, taking the good days and the bad and being there for both of them, um, Mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so speaking of, um, you know, your, uh, your events. If you were to sort of, um, you know, look back, you know, over all all these different events that you've done, and you know, to even lose count, um, I love that. That just shows how much how much many miles are under the feet. Um, but do you have like a favorite memory or like a favorite event memory? Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like that changes probably every time somebody asks me or like every season, right? Because if you have a good mm-hmm. experience at an event, that becomes your favorite event. Um, <clears throat> but actually. This past year, um, my favorite memory memory has to be Boston, which was just uh, about seven weeks ago. I had a really rough time at Boston in 2017, and um, I thought I would never go back, but uh, I decided to go back and enjoy it. And I went with 10 of my athletes and my other coaches and uh, really soaked up what, what it's really about and taking the pressure off of trying to finish within a specific time and really fully immersing myself in the experience there and, um, and the experience that for most of my athletes, it was their first time there and appreciating that more, um, than I did the first time. That was my favorite, um, taking in the crowds and, and being there with everybody was just amazing. Um, so I was much more present this time and it made it a lot more enjoyable for me. So, which is funny cause it's not, you know, it's not a PR race. I didn't run a PR. I didn't run a fantastic time, but it was just a great experience to be out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it um, very intriguing that like, is it, is uh, the name, what's the name of your coaching um, business? It's Sugar Runs, Sugar Runs Coaching. So Sugar Runs just, um, you know, rocks up with a, with a squad, like 12 or 13 people strong, just like here we are ready to, you know, <laughs> and I, and I, and I guess, and I get that, um, you know, Boston is just, from what I hear, just massive, like people everywhere. So, you know, but still it would have been a cool feeling to have just been rocking up with a, with, with like your whole squad. That would have been cool. Yeah, it was, it was very, very awesome. I, I loved every second of it. Yeah. So, so that's intriguing. And, um, Boston just seems to have this, um, magnetic center of the earth type pool for runners. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that all of a sudden you were this many minutes outside, um, of that time. And then all of a sudden when you first qualified for Boston, um, so to turn up in 2017 and, and have a difficult one, that probably would have been a, a bit of a challenge. Um, have you run it each year since or just back in 2019? Uh, yeah. So I just ran it in 2019 and 2017. So I was, I guess, lucky enough, you can say to skip 2018, which I don't know if you know, but that was probably the worst weather year ever. Oh poured and wind and rain and it was probably 20 degrees out there so I missed that year <laughs> and it's tricky too because if you've signed up for an event because I we've I've got a running race coming up I'm not going to call it a race actually it's it's a running 
run walk event um and so but it's coming up and you just don't know it's it's like it could end up being like 14 hours this 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 thing and so if it rains if it hails you know thankfully it doesn't snow here well you know fingers crossed it doesn't snow you don't know you just don't know what the weather will be like so so that is interesting and and it sounds great that you're able to go back and and have a good time there um especially with the squad um and so you know i suppose you're helping people to to improve well, i don't suppose i'm sure you are but you're helping people improve and you're taking your own running game to the next level it, it sounds like you're being very mindful and you're enjoying um you know each moment as as you're tracking ahead so so from your perspective, I'd be keen to understand, what do you think makes up a successful mindset? Yeah, so I I read this quote a couple years ago, and it's somewhere along the lines of, when you want to succeed as badly as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel what makes a successful mindset is just a willingness to put in work and not be afraid to work hard. Um, so, you know, the last three years have been super challenging and exhausting as I've built my business and worked to improve it at the marathon, but I love what I do every day. So it doesn't feel like work, which is awesome. And I, I, I hope that everybody can experience that at some point in their life. Um, but I do think success is all about effort and putting it towards the things you truly enjoy. So whether you're running for fun or for time to make sure you're doing it to the best of your abilities. So, you know, taking your goals into account with how much effort you're putting in. Um, and kind of, if you want something badly enough, um, you know, putting in the work to get there. And sometimes that doesn't mean necessarily working hard. It maybe means working more effectively. Um, so not working hard every day, which I know because some people get confused with that where, you'll run hard every day. And that's not necessarily what it means, but it means running smart or, you know, staying injury free, um, doing those things that will just make you better at what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. And so, and that's an interesting thing as well. Like for me, the, it's so confusing. Like I've got a coach guide me through and, and that's amazing. Right. And, and for anybody listening to this, that's, you know, just coaching isn't expensive. And the value that it brings outweighs the cost of having to try to navigate your way through life, bumble through, run into injuries, you know, just even just that one sentence of it's not about training super hard every session. Like that went so much against the grain when I first heard it that I thought, no, that doesn't make sense. How can I just do these math you know, these little tiny low heart rate jogs for long periods of time. How on earth is that going to make me fitter? Um, <laughs> if I'm doing them all the time, if I'm doing that 80% of the time, I need to go hard. I need to push, yeah. you know, and that's, it's not, it's not right. And so, you know, I, I just love the idea that um, someone like yourself can, can sort of guide us, guide us through, um, you know, and so anyone listening to this, just, just reach out, reach out, get, get onto this sugar runs coaching for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's um, probably the most challenging part is knowing you don't have to go hard every day, but sometimes like rest is, is going to help you more. Um, so I know that was hard for me too, a couple of years ago when I got my own coach to, to recognize that rest days are almost as, are really as important as workout days. 
Mm. And, I, and I love this willingness to put in the work. Like it, it seems to me that you really are, uh, you have a, a very strong work ethic um, to, to not only you know, be fitting in the the marathons and like your own training to be able to coach all the others that you do to be building a business because you know then that's that brings you know its own its own challenges as well. Has this work ethic just always been there for you? Like if you if you know you want something, is that just you'll just move move heaven and earth to make it happen? I think so. I, I would have to thank my dad for that um, kind of I would say grittiness to my personality about how I want, when I want something, I work really hard for it. And I would say specifically with athletics, I, he, he definitely instilled a good work ethic in me being my coach when I was playing soccer in high school and stuff. And, um, you know, it just takes a little bit extra work from what everybody else is doing to, to make yourself that much better. Um, so I, I do try to do, um, as much as I can to make myself successful towards my goals. Um, I have pretty lofty goals too. So I, I know they're really hard, so I I don't expect to any of it to be easy. And I think that's also where when you set goals, you have to recognize what, what it's going to take to get there. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, so I read this book once and it's, and it's, and he's, he's a pretty interesting fellow, but I don't know if you've ever heard of Grant Cardone. I have not. I'll He's like a sales that. guy, right? And he has this book and it's called 10X. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's on his way to being a billionaire. I'm sure he'll make it. Um, <laughs> but, and, and he's like very much in the money world and investing in real estate. But he has this book and, and it's called 10X. And I remember reading it and it just kind of like shattered the idea in my mind of, of what would be required to reach something. So he would say, you know, and it's probably a bit tricky for running or whatever else, but let's just say I want to make I don't know, $100,000. He said, well, don't go for 100, go for a million. Times that number by 10. But he said, whatever you think you're going to do to be able to hit that goal, times that by 10. Do you know? Because often we set goals and then we we don't, we actually don't, we do expect it to be easier than it, than it actually is going to be. And so then when we hit those obstacles and we hit those challenges, we're not ready for that extra effort that's going to be required. And so as you're talking, I'm sort of sitting there thinking that you're setting lofty goals but just that whole thing of don't expect it to be easy. It's like you're sort of, um, you know, hungering down and, and, and getting prepared for the fact that this is going to be mammoth and you're going to have to back that up with mammoth amounts of action and thinking through things, debriefing, planning. So, so that's really an interesting take on things. Um, do you find then trying to convey that to coaches or the people that you're coaching um, that they need to be like, if they're setting big goals, because, I mean, I don't know if you find this, but probably a lot of people set either goals way too low or super high. Um, do you have to then convince them that they have to be sort of preparing themselves mentally for what work is going to be required to get there? Definitely. And that's actually something that we I, I talk about with all of my athletes before a training cycle is kind of these are the things that are going to change um, or going to be harder. Um, and I think a lot of them, the the more they work with me, um, their goals are really in line with kind of that next step of what they want to do. And, and so they're kind of working their way up that ladder of, they know it's going to be a little bit harder than the last time. So I think the longer you train with 
a coach that you've found to be successful for you, I think that you can get a better grasp of how that next training cycle will be that much harder to reach that next goal. But yeah, I definitely think setting somebody up for success is letting them know, you know, it's not bad to have goals that are super lofty because I, I really love those, but kind of think about the timeline that it will take to get there um, and and how long that will be and how how challenging that will be. Mm. And, and, you know, people listening, um, I'm, I'm just loving your mindset. So I'm kind of wanting to like dig into that a little, a little yeah. bit more. Um, so, you know, when we're setting lofty goals and the journey gets underway and, um, you know, I what was it? Success is going from, you know, failure to failure without losing enthusiasm, like towards, towards whatever the goal is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you ever have moments where like you perhaps have these lofty goals and then you perhaps doubt them. You think, oh, gosh, can I actually do this thing? And then if you are having those feelings, um, could I understand, because I think it would be a useful tool for people listening, what is it that you sort of run through there to to push past that and then continue on with the same mm-hmm. – with that enthusiasm or renewed enthusiasm? Yeah, that's actually something I'm experiencing right now in my training. So um, mm-hmm. I – I'm trying to break three hours in the marathon this year. That's um, the only goal I've set for myself this year because I know it's going to be a huge task. Um, and I, I've i mentally been a little disengaged lately. So I've been trying to re-engage myself by just looking at one day of my training rather than, oh, now we're three weeks out from race day and I'm focusing on race day. So kind of staying focused in the day-to-day rather than the end goal is where I find the most success of being more engaged and enthused about what I'm doing again. Um, Because if I, if I get so focused on, on the goal at the end, I'm not present in my workouts or present in what I'm doing that day. And I think that's super important because I think the journey to the goal is more valuable than getting the goal in the end, um, which I think some people don't agree with, but I think, um, that's the part where, where people get really caught up in what they're going to do on race day rather than what are you doing now? Um, so I've been kind of disengaged in my day to day for the last couple of weeks. I've been training for a really long time, this training cycle, and it's been hard to stay in it for almost six months now. And, uh, race day is two weeks away now. And I, I have, really been trying to be adamant about focusing on the workout that I'm doing that day rather than race day is two weeks from now. And I really just want it to be over. Um, so trying to just be excited about what I accomplished that, that day rather than, you know, what, what's next. Um, wow. Wow. That's, I, I love, I love the honesty, the vulnerability, um, and, you know, thinking back to the now that's really intriguing because a lot of the, um, you know, the, a lot of the heartache that we can feel often comes from either living in the past or projecting into the future and perhaps seeing a, uh, a future that we don't love the look of and it hasn't happened yet. So, so bringing it back to what you can do now, um, it just made me think of this story. I don't know if it's real or not, but I heard of a story about Will Smith's dad getting him to build a wall. And, he, you know, he was just every day he, will, he would put some more bricks on the wall or something along those lines. And eventually he built this massive wall. But, you, you, you know, in life, if we set out, we, yes, we want to build a wall. But if we focus on the mammoth task that that is, then we may never actually reach it because it should, could oh, seem okay. overwhelming. But one brick yeah. at a time. Yep, slowly but surely you'll get there. I like it. I like it. So the goal um, is 
to break three hours. That's that's a that's a pretty awesome goal. And yeah. so, what race what race do you have coming up? What what is that? Um, I'm running Grandma's Marathon in Duluth, Minnesota. Did you just say Grandma's yeah. um, Marathon? Could <laughs> yeah. you tell me what, about that? What is what is that? Um, so it's probably the biggest event I think in that area of the country. Um, it's Duluth is a small town off of, I think, Lake Superior. I've never been there. So this is going to be my first time in, in Minnesota. Um, and they put on a really great event. It's a pretty flat, fast course. So you get some great elite athletes out there. Um, and hopefully the weather is nice because it's a little bit late in the year here for it to be, um, we could have a really warm, race day um but it's also right off of a huge lake so it could be cool i'm hoping for cool um but yeah so it's, it's supposed to be a really great event i'm really excited about it and how did they get the name grandma's um so i think there's a, a restaurant at or near the finish line called grandma's and they used to be a big sponsor for the race they're not anymore but the the name kind of stuck um so i think that that's where it came from Wow. It's an interesting clever, name, clever right? Marketing, clever marketing <laughs> yeah. ever, huh? Um, so that's cool. And, um, you know, speaking of grandmas and, and, and food, um, you know, you I think just before we came on here, you might have mentioned that you had in your um, part of your coaching there with one of the other coaches um, is a nutrition coach. And so I don't know if, if that's helped, um, you know, or if you've, if you've learned a lot of things prior to, to having that person um, working around you. Um, but how, how is it that you're tackling your day-to-day nutrition? And because, you know, I've really been finding a lot um, lately that, that fueling and, and f- um, fuel and, and, and making sure that your body runs right is so mega important. So what is it that you're sort of doing there? Do you like work on guiding principles or, or, or what's that look like for you? Yeah, I... Um, so first our nutritionist is great. She's actually, she's taught me so much and, uh, she, her, her values and ideas about food really align with mine, which is why I, uh, brought her on to our team. Um, but my, my primary focus with food is just to eat whole foods. Um, so try to stay away from unprocessed foods, um, lots of veggies, high quality meat. Um, but of course no food is off limits. So I love my donuts and treats. That's actually where I got my name. Sugar runs is because I have the, most awesome sweet tooth, um, which is not so awesome during training, but, um, it's, uh, so no food is off limits, but to really try to focus on getting foods in their whole form and, um, trying not to supplement often unless it's necessary or I can't get the nutrients from food. Um, so like, for example, I've, I've suffered from anemia before. And, uh, so I supplement with iron because I know that's something that I'm low on and my body doesn't get enough of it from the foods I eat. And, um, so, so yeah, just trying to, to focus on eating when I'm hungry also and just not, I mean, I love my carbs, so, so not focusing really on macros or anything like that, just eating when I feel like it and when I want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. so Sounds like a really positive relationship <clears throat> with food. I do. I feel very lucky to have it too because um, I know it's not like that for everybody and I would say especially in the endurance world when you're, you know, you're training a lot, you're hungry, but you're not quite sure, you know, what to be eating or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel very lucky. I have a good relationship with food for sure. Mm-hmm. And, is, and is that, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's like, uh, do you find that as athletes come on board um, that having to try to understand what their relationship, not only with 
with with the their running but also like what their relationship is with food because um you know i know that you want to i mean i can't say i know that but I, I would imagine that you would want them to have a positive relationship with food as well so that, that way they can just put most of their mental game into developing as a person developing as a runner so is that something that you guys you know try to help people connect with you can have that positive relationship with food and feel yourself right definitely yeah and i think um you know, we, we have a nutrition guide for runners on our website that I think does a great job of kind of going over the different, you know, macronutrients and, and how to kind of change your, your fueling as your training progresses, um, as your mileage builds. And I think more often than not, people just aren't getting enough food when they first start because they're not sure, you know, how their body's responding to added mileage. They're hungry all the time or they're maybe not hungry because, you know, sometimes after a run, you don't feel hungry. Um, mm -hmm. so, so kind of figuring out what works for your body and, and a lot of times changing the way you're eating can completely change your runs. Um, so when somebody tells me that they're tired or, um, or they're not feeling great on their runs, most often, sometimes I'll ask them about what they've been eating, um, and kind of trying to figure out that. And some, sometimes it's like not even consciously, not eating stuff. You're just not hungry. Um, so that's definitely a priority, uh, for us to, to help them to figure out for sure. Mm. And so if people wanted to work with you, um, and they were thinking, you know, taking you on is Instagram the best place you mentioned a website there. Like, you know, someone's sitting here listening and they're thinking, Oh gosh, yes, I went in on this. I'd like to take my, my, my running to the next level. I'd, I'd want to just improve and, and maybe like iron out some of the bugs that come with, you know, running all the time just by yourself, maybe having someone to keep them accountable. How would they reach out to you? Yes. So online, our website is sugarruns.com. And on Instagram, I'm at sugarruns and it's two R's. So S-U-G-A-R-R-U-N-S. -R 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 nice. Nice. And it, like, you know, it doesn't matter where they're from. Like if someone's, you know, you're, you're hanging with Snoop Dogg at Long Beach, California, but <laughs> um, for, for others in the, um, in, in, the, in front of someone else on the other side of the world, I mean, you know, technology at this stage, are you, are you able to basically help people from anywhere? Yes. So everything is uh, online, virtual. We definitely um, have meetups for, you know, local things and stuff like that for people who, who live close and that we can do. But everything's online. So we actually work with people all over the world, some in New Zealand, Australia, um, London, um, Colombia, Mexico. So lots of different places. So wherever you are, we can work with you. That's cool. Global coach. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> And, and so, uh, you know, as part of what you're sort of doing, both as an athlete and as a coach, are you working with any brands at the moment? Um, so I don't partner with brands very often. Um, you know, I, I've found that I feel like they want a lot of you and, um, it's, so it's hard to find somebody to partner with who it's a mutually beneficial relationship, but I do work with, um, two brands. Uh, I work with Rapid Reboot, who they are a compression boot company, and um, they are awesome. I, I love their product, and I can't recommend it enough. It's so good to have that recovery tool at home and to be able to use it whenever you want to. Um, and then I also work with Huma, which is my fuel of choice, and they're an awesome uh, gel company, and they are great for people with sensitive stomachs. So I have uh, very sensitive stomach and they're awesome. So I work with them as well. And I found, um, that I really 
like to work with brands who I have a good connection with and who are, um, help me to stay true to my authenticity in my relationship with the people who, you know, choose to follow me or choose to ask me for advice about things. So I don't, um, I don't really like to partner just for fee product or whatever. Um, so definitely try to try to stay in with people who are with brands who are, uh, who I really believe in as well. Well, that's solid. That's a solid approach because, you know, it would be um, interesting, especially like, you know, running your own business and, you know, you need to make a living. And um, but that sounds like, you know, your moral compass is incredibly strong and they're, um, you know, being the leader of your business and and, you know, the leader of your coachees, you know, in a way um, or, or their, their guide um, through then, you know, that really is a very sincere approach. And, and I really love hearing that. Like, I, I feel like that's that's a good way to tackle it. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's definitely hard uh, because my my goal is to support my team and to um, you know continue to build that because you're right that is my business so um, trying not to take away from that by just advertising other things <laughs> and so yeah. Mm. And so for people that are, um, you know, listening to this, you know, they could be potentially sitting on, on the couch right now and, and you know, uh, well, they may very well be listening to this on a long run or, or um, on, you know, on the bike train or whatever it might be. Um, what would be three tips from your perspective for people, you know, in getting into endurance activities or even potentially looking to take it to the next level? Yeah, um, my number one tip is to stay consistent. Um, consistency is just the key for endurance activities. So, um, and then the other tip would be to listen to your body. So if you're not feeling good or you're feeling sick, or you feel like you might have an injury, listen to it. Your body is so wise at, at giving us signs that we need to do something or change something. Um, and then if you're new to running, or even if you're not new to running, you know, joining a run club or finding others who know a bit more about the sport or a coach um, that you can ask questions, you know, uh, the guidance of having people, you know, there to support you, um, whether you're running your first 5k or your first marathon can really change a lot for you. Um, and it brings a lot of joy to the sport when you can share it with other people. Mm, mm, I like it. I like it a lot. And and I suppose, um, you know, from, from your perspective, like you've almost got your own little club going on there with, um, you know, with, with turning up with, with um, you know, your athletes to events. But um, so people, if they were, were listening to this, they could, they could certainly join, you know, yourself um, as well and, and also get some of that motivation. And, and I don't know if you wanted to, uh, I know we only just, just did it, but do you want to share your handles again for where people can find you? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram at Sugar Runs. I'm also on Twitter at Sugar Runs. We're also on Facebook at Sugar Runs. We have YouTube, um, Sugar Runs, and then my website is sugarruns.com. Nice, nice. Well, well, Jessica, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. This is this has been so fun. Uh, it's been so lovely to dig into your mindset and, and hear your story and, and find out what you're about. So I guess I just want to say a big thanks for taking the time to have a chat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Tom. I had a really great time talking to you.